Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 555. Today we're going to take a look at Jorvik. This is a new game from Stronghold Games uh, designed by Stefan Feld, but the game is actually based on a game that came out about five or six years ago, I think, called Spikerstadt, and also the included expansion, which actually never came to the United States. So Spikerstadt was published by Z-Man Games, and then the expansion was published only in Europe, although it was published in English and I did track it down. Uh, that is one of my top 100 games of all time. This is, as far as I can tell, the exact same game in terms of the mechanics, but it's now been rethemed with a Viking-style theme. So a little bit of a spoiler with the review because you already know that I really like it. But I'm going to go ahead and walk through uh, the whole game and explain how to play. And I'm going to play it as if you were playing with the expansion or in this case kind of the advanced game. Because for my money that is the uh, best way to play it. I will kind of say up front that maybe for your first game or two or so. Uh, maybe don't play with the advanced rules, just play with the basic rules just to kind of get, you know, used to the cards because you do need to kind of know the cards up front or kind of know what could come to really have a good kind of strategic grasp uh, of what's going on. But I'm going to go ahead and just explain it all together because like I said, that is the best way to play. And then I will tell you again what I think of it. Okay, here's everything that you get in the game. The first thing to note, of course, here is the main board of the game. Now, if you're playing with the advanced game, you're going to use the whole board like this, but you can, if you're just playing the basic game, just kind of fold this top half underneath here and just use uh, this track like so. And you'll only put cards out here. Now if you look here, there are spaces based on the number of players here. So five player, four more players, three more players. So we're just pretending that we're having a four player game here. We won't be using this slot there. Now the other thing to note here is on the top, you have a similar track. So two plus, three plus, four plus, five. And when you're playing the advanced game, you're going to put the cards up here. And these cards will also be on offer uh, for the players to try to acquire through this kind of auction means. Now, after you deal out all the cards for, in this case, the first round, then players are going to take turns putting uh, these little workers out uh, in their player color. Now, players also have these tracks here to keep track of the points. You will start on the 10 point marker uh, because you can lose a little bit of points in this game. And then each player gets a player board here. And this gives you kind of a quick breakdown of the turn. So the first thing you're going to do, of course, is deal out all the cards to all the spaces and then possibly check for any military cards that come up or in this case, uh, Viking cards or Viking raids. I don't know why I said military cards. Anyway, then the second uh, phase is placing the workers out here and then collecting and uh, distributing any goods or anything like that. And then also uh, figuring out what to do with your goods at the end of the round because you can't uh, keep uh, any goods through the round. Now you can keep one good here. You have this spot here, sort of like your little garage. Now you can get other cards that allow you to store goods, but theoretically you can only ever store one. Now at this point, if you haven't been able to like add goods to a contract or anything like that, and you've gone over your limit, you can trade three goods in for any one good or two goods in, any two goods for another uh, dollar there. And you have this spot over here on the side of the board. Any goods that are discarded or traded or whatever spent are going to go here. And this is where you're going to make your trades and exchanges with. Now the goods start off here in this bag. And depending on advanced game or basic game, you're only going to put a certain type in here. The advanced game adds some rare goods like this kind of turquoise light blue color there. Uh, so you're going to put these in the bag and these will come out a little bit later in the game. They don't come out very early. And then here's the money also, which I didn't show. 
and that's the money you get. Everybody's going to start with uh, five bucks, and then you're going to be using that to spend and buy these cards. So the main part of the game is just putting your worker out. So let's say yellow was first. He's going to go out and he's either going to put a worker down here in this bottom section to try to acquire one of these cards, or you might go up here and try to snake one of those cards. So simply, let's say he wanted to go to this one, this card here, very simple card. It gives you two points. Very simple. It's just a straight point card. Uh, the other thing to note here is that the expansions have this little symbol, so it's easy to you know, pull out these advanced cards if you need to. So you put that there, and the yellow goes, and then blue goes. Maybe blue's like, hey, I want this little warehouse. Uh, the red's going to go. They're like, you know what? I also want that warehouse. And what's going on here, as you stack these up, you make it more expensive for the first few players that went in there. So maybe green goes, then back to the yellow. Yellow's like, you know, I'm going to go here, and then back to red or blue. And they don't want any of these cards maybe down here. They want to try to snake one of these cards. You can take any of these, and let's say they wanted here this, this Viking warrior here, and he's got a strength of two. You can see that. They'll take that, and they'll put that down here at the leftmost hut. So blue will take that one and put it over there. And let's see who was next. Red. Red's like, okay, well, I'll take this Viking maybe, and they're going to put that there. And back to green. So we're just going to go through and spend all of these workers. And I'm just going to start putting them out a little bit randomly. And then once we do this, then we're going to resolve all of these. So the first thing you're going to do is walk through this bottom section left to right and resolve each of these cards. Now, how is this going to work? Well, the player that first got their figure in there is going to get first shot at the card. So yellow is going to get first opportunity to buy this. Now, the cost of the card is determined by how many workers are there. So this is going to cost yellow two bucks. Now, yellow can pay the two bucks and take the card. And then yellow will get their pawn back, and then green will get their pawn back, since there will be no card here to purchase. So let's say that happened. And then next here, blue is going to be first shot at that. But, for example, blue maybe has an eye on some cards coming up later. So blue's going to pass. You can just say, you know what, I decided I don't want that. They'll take their worker back. And now green has the shot, and so they would get this for a dollar. So not only are you driving the cost up, for anybody that maybe went there before you, but you're also hopefully same time maybe getting it a little bit cheaper. So maybe green buys that for a buck, or they don't have to buy it for a buck. They could also pass, and then nobody would get it, and it would just get discarded. So maybe yellow doesn't want to pay, you know, four bucks for this. And then now we have an interesting situation of who've got red, blue, and red. And so red could buy it now for three bucks, but maybe they're going to pass. Hope that blue doesn't buy it for two bucks, because blue really wants this card. And then, then they would be able to get it for a buck. But maybe Blue's like, nah, I'll pay the two bucks. They get this one. And this card will just go away because nobody wanted it. And then Blue maybe pays four bucks or whatever there. After you resolve this bottom section, you're going to go to this top section and work left to right. Now, any card that wasn't selected, you'll just discard out of the way. And it works very similar in that the leftmost player gets the first shot. And they could buy this card here for four bucks because there's a total of four cards. But that's too expensive for blue. They were just trying to sort of hate draft and squirrel that away so nobody else got it. Now red has opportunity for three bucks, and then green will get that for two. So after all the cards are bought from the bottom and the top, you're going to possibly worry about what kind of goods you have. Now, no goods are going to come out until kind of the B phase of the game. Now, what do I mean by the B phase? Well, you can see all these cards here have a back of A. So these are going to be all randomly shuffled. And then after you get through these, you're going to have the B cards. These are all shuffled together on top of C and then D. Now, as once you move into B, let's do these here. These are where the cards get a little bit more interesting, so to speak. So this is going to come up here. And now this is a ship. And anytime you see these ships here, they're going to come out whatever order you drew them in. 
And you can see this particular ship has a spot here for three goods. So we're gonna take the goods out of the bag completely randomly. We'll just take three random ones. And in this case, we have a gray, a black, and a brown uh, delivery. And players, again, can start to bid on this. And they will acquire these goods uh, by winning the card in the same way as the other cards. Now, what are the goods used for? Well, we saw that you can trade them for money and also other goods. You might also be able to trade them for points if you had this particular one. Uh, this one will allow you to trade these yellow goods. Now, these uh, the rules do give you a kind of a lexicon here. So you can say, okay, well, what is that? That's actually this, uh, this white one here. And see, oh, <laughs> I thought it was yellow, but it's not. See how it's yellow there? So you want to have this kind of face up. Uh, and, you know, so oh, the pink one is this one. So instead of a cube there, they put like a little picture of an actual good. So people can get confused. And I've certainly been confused by it. But now you've got this ability here. So as you acquire goods, you can take any of the wool that you get and discard them into the supply here. And then you can just move up on the victory point track there. Uh, some other cards here. This is a contract here. And you can see this one handily enough has the color there. And you can take and store goods as you acquire them on here. Once you put them on a contract, uh, they can't be moved off. Uh, there are some special abilities that allow you to sort of maybe steal goods off of uncompleted contracts and move them around and stuff. But if you have completed this, so you have one of each of these two goods here, you'll get eight points at the end of the game. So you can take these uh, kind of early on and then hopefully target the goods and try to get those specific ones. That's really a, a big chunk of the points. Uh, here, now we have some other cards. This one is sort of a set collecting type of thing. So if you have one of these kind of tavern cards, you'll get two points. But if you get up to four of these, you get 14 points for that set. Just a variety of cards here. This one is a little better trading uh, aspect. Remember, you had to trade three of a good of any goods to get a single good. This one allows you to do it for two. That's a little bit better. Uh, this one came out of order. Yep. Okay, I meant for this one to come up next. Uh, so every so often, once you get into the B cards, you will have to fend off these raids here, and that's what these uh, Viking warriors are for. So you can see you'll acquire these Viking warriors here. They'll have different strength values. So if Billy had this one, he'd have two strength. If I had this one, I'd have one. And what you're going to do is when these come up, and these will come up at the beginning of each round possibly, and you're going to look at who has the highest Viking strength. And so in that case, Billy had the highest strength between the two of us, and he would get a point. Then you're going to look at who has the least Viking strength, and they're actually going to lose a point. If you're somewhere in the middle, there's no net gain or loss, and then you'll discard this and then keep filling up the cards. And so that's kind of a good reason to get these to sort of hedge against that. Now, the first time this happens, it's only one point. But as you go through the deck, it's going to be worth more and hurt you more if you don't if you have the minimum and the last card of the deck is always this one it's a max four point and a minimum of minus four so you've got to watch out for those as well now that is pretty much the game you're either trying to collect goods to sort of trade in and get points complete contracts trying to prepare yourselves for viking raids there's other cards especially with the expansion uh, that add in kind of the different special abilities oh i was going to show you this one here so this is an interesting one is if you have the least amount of vikings instead of losing the points you have the ability now to pay two coins and then you can ignore that so that might come in handy there uh, one of the interesting things about this i'll just kind of mention this as we're looking at the board is some of these cards are going to be like oh that's really powerful but as players kind of stack up and then try to acquire uh, the different cards it's going to become more expensive so like this card here comes up in C now at the end of each round you're going to get 
an income, depending on if you're playing with the expansion or not, you're gonna get like two bucks. But if you have this card, you're gonna get three bucks every round. And money is very, very tight in this game, so this can be a huge card. However, it's not as ideal as if you have to go here and pay like eight bucks for it if everybody stacks up there. And there are other cards that will like give you a bunch of money right away or allow you to maybe swap uh, two workers or like I said, maybe steal a good off an incompleted contract. And it's kind of interesting sort of the sort of dynamic nature of the value of the cards is 100% dealt and considered by the players in the order they come out uh, and also, you know, how hard players go after them. Uh, you know, some of the cards like this one here that gives you money, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a little bit different if it's up here because you can easily squirrel it away up there. And then, you know, you, effectively, whoever takes the first card up here doesn't usually end up buying that because there's a whole stack of them. So, but if it comes out down here, then it's a little bit more viable for somebody to get. So the order the cards come out, you know, within the context of that deck is going to really kind of shake up the game a little bit. Uh, so you definitely want to give it a few plays uh, to kind of get your head around that. But that's basically the gist of the game, just kind of doing this real simple kind of bidding and then uh, looking up these different effects. Now, these are all iconographies. Uh, the original was all text on the cards, but they do give you a good glossary back here. And, you know, you might sort of do a double take. I mean, I played the original a lot and I was like, well, that card looks like it does this. And then you had to go look at the, uh, the manual. But once it's all in there, uh, you know, in your brain, then the iconography is pretty straightforward. So that's the basics of the game. Okay, so that is Jorvik, and I probably spoiled a little bit in the walkthrough, and I definitely did in the intro about what my thoughts are. Uh, it's in my top 100 games. I don't remember where I put Spikerstot, the original, in my top 100 games. I think this one would probably be in my top 50. It's, it's right around there. Um, this one is very, uh, a little bit hard to penetrate, I think, because I remember the first time I played Spikerstot, I, I didn't really like it at all, and then I just kind of by happenstance had a chance to play it because it kind of kept coming out people wanted to try it uh, i will say as a two-player game uh, neither version or whatever flies with me i don't like this as a two-player game once you get to three it's it's good i like it with three i'll play it with three any day of the week uh, it's best with the full five-player count uh, for sure because it's just uh it's just that much harder because there's so much going on you've got to really almost bluff a little bit about what you want because the first spot that you put out a worker, I mean, people are just gonna dogpile on you. And turn order is gonna be very, very huge, but you have to just know that that is a problem. So it's not a problem with the design, it's just gonna be a problem for you when you play it. Now, being first is terrible because you go first, everybody else goes around you, and then the, you have to always play first, even in that last sort of round of workers, you just have, you, there's four of the people that are going to dogpile on you, even in that last little round. So it's better to go last because then you can sort of really dictate the value and say, oh, well, let's all jump on Joel and he's going to, he's never going to be able to afford that. Uh, so that's interesting. But uh, one thing I didn't mention in the walkthrough is if you don't buy any buildings, you get extra money uh, at the end of the round and it's only an extra dollar. Uh, but it's, that can make the difference. So uh, yeah, so the game money-wise is very, very tight. So this is one that I would certainly give uh, multiple tries to. I mentioned in the walkthrough kind of the order of the cards, which section of the board they come out on. It, it, it's really gonna change the dynamics of that particular card. 
you know, some of the cards you're like, oh, this this was, this card was really overpowered. But then the next time you play, it comes up in this other spot, and you can squirrel it away, and you know, it doesn't affect anybody. Um, and you know, how many goods come out? So if, if goods come out like really early in the game, it's like, well, we don't really have anything to do with it. We didn't get a storage card or or a contract, maybe, and you know, maybe I didn't get enough of those cards in the A rounds where you can transform the goods into points and money. Uh, so the order of stuff that comes out is going to really change up and shake up the game. So it makes it that much more replayable. And it's a very kind of stoic, stodgy, stark, you know, gritty kind of thinky Euro. Uh, so you've got to really know that going in. I do like this theme, you know, applied to it. The other one was like you were working a dock and you had to fight off fires instead of, you know, Viking raids in this case. Uh, this actually does kind of work, you know, you know, Vikings are always pictured as just like these, you know, full of bloodlust, you know, barbarians, um, you know, which they kind of were, I don't know, but uh, they also had, you know, uh, farming society and they traded goods and they traded with different uh, civilizations and everything. So this kind of does give the full round picture of Viking life. Uh, and I think that, I think it works really well as the theme goes. Uh, so I highly recommend the game. It's like, if you're not like into Euros or anything like that at all, you're like, I'm a pure Ameritrash guy, uh, or gal, and you know, you, you don't, I wouldn't get this, but if you like a good heavy auction game, uh, and I want to say heavy, it's not complex heavy, it's very thinky, rewards multiple plays, rewards kind of outside the box bidding and thinking. Uh, I mean, I really can't recommend this enough. I do feel like it's, uh, sort of overlooked generally, uh, you know, at least the original was. So definitely pick this up. And like I said, the expansion just adds that extra layer to it. So like maybe give that first base game a try to learn it. But once you add that expansion and you add in that extra variability, the dynamics start to show up and it just becomes that much more interesting and it's not as rigid. Uh, you know, maybe it's a little too rigid without the advanced game. Uh, and it is certainly for me at this point, having played the, the original a lot. I mean, I'm talking in like the 30, 40 play range. Um, and uh, we did we did use plays at lunch uh, quite a bit, and but it got kind of long once we kind of learned the, the game. So it will go over an hour with when you add the expansion uh, or the advanced game in this case. You could play just the base game, I think, in an hour, even with five players, once everybody kind of knows it but there's really kind of a lot to chew on. So it's going to push up maybe to an hour and a half, but not any longer than that, probably. Uh, so anyway, high, high recommendation for me on this one. Thanks.